to Doxed, the podcast. On today's episode, our spotlight shines on Tana Monjo, a magnetic force in the realm of social media, renowned for her audacious flair and unapologetic storytelling. But what are the consequences when an already controversial figure wields the power of her platform to inflict harm on everyday people? As a seasoned influencer with a long history of controversial content, it's no wonder Tana's podcast is simply called, Cancelled. But one anecdote she shared on air, about a wine tour she took on her recent trip to Europe, has ignited another firestorm. A seemingly innocuous clash with the tour guide resulted in Tana doxing the woman, plunging them both into a maelstrom of criticism and chaos. The storm that has ensued raises a compelling question, what happens when an influencer stands on the periphery of cancel culture, seemingly unassailable, yet continually brandishes their platform to harm others? Can some people truly evade the weight of accountability? Join us as we unravel this modern tale, exploring the shadows that linger behind even the most vibrant online personas. In a world where cancellation might not be an option, our inquiry delves into the very essence of accountability, as we set our gaze on the rights and responsibilities wielded by those who command the hearts and screens of countless followers. What was the question? What have you discovered in my deep dive? I did. I, what have I discovered? First of all, I never saw the last name Mojo spelled. <laughs> I thought it was M-O-J-O. So that was the first one. <laughs> it's French. Until like today. Oh, so, okay. So, I mean, yeah, this whole situation took place in France. She went on a wine tour and was hanging out with a guy that flew her there and some other people and basically just doxed the person who had been giving the tour and told a nasty story and was pretty intentionally being malicious about it and sent a lot of people after this woman who got uh, like fake reviews, the whole nine yards were familiar with that whole the, the shenanigans. And, but then there was some backlash because uh there's always like two sides to every story, I guess, is the tagline of this entire <laughs> of this entire saga. But uh, I don't know much about Tana Mojo other than she was exes with Jake Paul. Is that right? All these people I she never, has, ever watched. <laughs> yeah, she has a, a lot of kind of famous exes. Uh, she dated Lil Xan, which Who's is that? the rapper. Oh, okay. A terrible rapper terrible rapper and she dated bella thorne for a while she also dated jake paul and i think that was just a, pu- a publicity stunt i don't think it was like an actual relationship they got married for clout it wasn't an actual wedding like paperwork wasn't actually filed or anything like that it was just like a live like pay-per-view live stream event wedding like she's kind of a YouTube shit show. Um, I learned about Tana Mojo a couple years ago when she, I think she either wasn't invited to VidCon or had gone to a VidCon and thought it like wasn't cool enough for her. So she hosted TanaCon during the same weekend and 
hired an event planner to help plan it out for her. She oversold tickets, didn't have enough security, was well over capacity, like within the hotel that it was held, there's way too many people, so it was a safety issue. Um, she oversold like general admission and VIP tickets, but like everything was general admission. Like general was free, like selling free tickets, but then there was like VIP tickets that people paid a lot of money for. But the VIP people weren't VIP at all. There was no like special treatment for them at all. Sure. There was nothing extra for them at all. And the biggest thing was that there were so many people that, like, I think a couple thousand maybe were just waiting in line outside in the parking lot in the sun with no shade. People, there were paramedics that had to come to carry people out because they heat stroke they're getting third degree sunburns like it was bad bad like her career was pretty much almost over at that oh, point because it was, when so was that? terrible like, what was, year was that i want to say it was like 2017 or 2018 don't quote me on it but it was like recent but not okay and that was the huge thing i don't know how she recovered from that and, like, still has a, a career. But, like, people flew from all over the country just to meet her. And, like, I think after, like, maybe a couple of hours at Tanagon, like, she left. Like, she wasn't even there after a while. So people were just, like, lined up outside waiting to meet her, dying in the side. And, like, at some point she wasn't even oh. fucking there. Uh, she has a history of saying the N-word. Like, hard E-R yeah. N-word. Because she kind of thought, like, she was down and she could say that. And, like, no one really pushed back on her. And a lot of the narrative around that was, like, oh, it's just a different time. Again, this isn't 1932. Yeah. Like, That's, like, a whole YouTube thing. All these, all these YouTube people thought it was a different time for some reason. What time were you in? Everyone on YouTube. Was- in that whole era. Because it was now. It was the time to know that this it was not- <laughs> Very bizarre. Like, it wasn't the civil rights fucking era. It was literally a couple years ago. Like, stop. Yeah. So she is one of, in my opinion, one of the most problematic YouTubers out there. And she kind of had this weird redemption arc a couple years ago. She's made many an apology video, none as bad as Colleen Ballinger, but there's, there's a series of apology videos because she just keeps fucking up and she's terrible but she kind of calmed down is doing like is doing this podcast thing where she seems to kind of get it sometimes like she seems like she's grown and she's kind of cool but then this whole thing happened with the wine tour that she paid for and agreed to go on and went on but then decided to complain that i don't even know why she was i don't know what her issue was but she went she did like an hour-long podcast episode about this wine tour that she agreed to go on and paid for and got the full itinerary before she even went and then decided to like lie and complain about it and villainize this small business owner who after reading the website of the wine tour lady she seems like very committed to educating and educating people on 
like the whole wine culture and promoting wineries owned by women <laughs> like, yeah she's, she's in all kinds of like community cool. I kind of checked her out too and she seems like she's in a bunch of different communities she's won all kind of she has like different she's recognized uh and renowned <laughs> yeah. and cares a lot about it yeah I, I mean, like I, she was held hostage on a wine tour and was dragged <laughs> for miles to the wine country on foot in high heels and it's like no you were literally on a train a beautiful train ride through the French countryside like relax like it wasn't even that bad yeah well some of it sounded like miscommunications or she was having a bad day she had some kind of a hangover maybe but she 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 says it so maliciously like and also I had a hard time finding the full clip because I went and watched tried to watch and the podcast was from her uh the episode was from her podcast canceled about two weeks ago it came out just talking about her whole trip to Europe and the, uh, what do I want to say? They have cut out that part from the podcast. So I watched it through and was like waiting for it. Cause all the, she's totally ratioed in the comments and all, all the comments are like, this is a terrible story. And it's, you know, um, but it's not anywhere in there, but I've seen uh, clips of it and she's so like wrathful about how she's saying the name. She like wrote it down in her phone uh, actually, do you want me to, maybe we could play that for a second. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. I just, I found it in the H3 podcast. It had it. So let me, it's just the one. I you watched can hear it in her voice. Adam, Adam McIntyre watched yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, but yeah, just this little, like, like listen to the the tone. Cynthia. I wrote it down. Let me make sure it's fucking Cynthia. 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 Mm -hmm. That's her name. Cynthia. Can we cut to me Cynthia. for one second? just the wrath i mean i don't i i don't understand what this woman did to tana who paid for the wine tour and agreed to go on it and this woman was literally just doing her job and even listening to tana's recounting of her interaction with that woman even if you only believe tana's side this woman didn't do anything but do her job. Yeah, like, what do you say? Because people then were, like, fake reviewing who had never been on the tour, which has happened to you, to us, and, you know, and oh. it's it's really, I don't think people understand how damaging that can be when you're just in a horde of people doing stuff, not thinking about it. And this poor woman, and I did check and I looked today on the reviews and it looks like they're cleaned up, so good for her. And they should be, ew, you know? And then I mean, it looks like they took that truck be, out of the podcast. Reviews should be verified. If you're not a verified yeah. purchaser of someone's service, you should not be able to just leave a review, good or bad. Like, let's be real. To sway a rating, good or bad, when you haven't patronized the business or you don't know the owner personally, you know nothing about it, you shouldn't be reviewing it. No, yeah, it's it's really irresponsible. <laughs> so, and I think you made a point when we were talking about this earlier that, that Tana's been around long enough that she should understand the impact of doing something like that. And it even sounded to me like in the podcast, like her friend that she's talking to was kind of saying like, yeah, well, you tend to embellish stories. <laughs> you know, like uh, she must know that can be damaging. And it's just for the, it's just for kind of the drama. Well, her Tana's rise to fame started when she was pretty young. I 
I don't know for sure. But I want to say she was like 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Like she was little when she started on YouTube. And her whole rise to fame was due to her storytelling. And I feel like people that tell stories in the style that Tana does, like, it doesn't always seem like it's true. Like, how is your life so dramatic all the time? Everything you do is just so much drama. It's She's telling a story. But it's kind of shitty when that story involves absolutely pulverizing someone on social media because you have millions upon millions of followers that'll just do that just because like she did not have to say this woman's name she did not have to put the business on blast she also did not have to go on the wine tour if you're too hungover to you know walk through a vineyard then don't go just don't go like it's not this tour guide's person's fault that you drank too much the night before just don't fucking go and I think she must just also know because in the rest of that same podcast episode, the other thing that struck me is that she tells a story about having a stalker that she's been dealing with for a while. And she says, it's so sad how little the police care. And like, I know, right? Why would you put people in danger then? And, right. you know, because think about how about how somebody doesn't have protections like you do and and who knows what you could send after them especially when you're just characterizing them some way yeah imagine someone that doesn't collect millions of dollars in fucking youtube adsense every month exactly depends on customers for their livelihood and you disrupt that just because you're having a bad day it's so irresponsible. If you're if you have a huge platform, I feel like you you have to have some common fucking sense. You have to like have some kind of sense of responsibility to not directly cause harm to people. And if you don't expect to be like called out or expect to be for for somebody to at least try to hold you accountable because like uh because that is when it gets into the real world. It's not in the real world when you're just bickering online or whatever but yeah when you affect people's income that's a big deal mental health is a big deal too i think but but income Mm -hmm. is a big deal too you know what this reminds me of this tana situation what this reminds me so much of demi lovato and the froyo place do you remember that story from a couple years ago the froyo place did she dox a froyo place she well i don't think no tech no you can't really like dox a business yeah, no, you can't dox the business. But she, the story is that she has this long history of like different types of addiction and eating disorders. Okay. And she walked into a frozen yogurt place and, you know, they have their big menu board and then they have other signs for like specials and new flavors and stuff. And one of their signs was for like a sugar-free froyo that they were rolling out. Okay. And she said that that triggered her and that it was insensitive to have to like promote diet culture because it's it triggered her ED and it can trigger everyone's ED. And I'm like, wait a minute. There are diabetic people (laughs) that go for sugar free options. They're like, there's all kinds of reasons people go for sugar free options. And it's not promoting diet culture. It's promoting a Froyo flavor. 
And she went on this long rant. She's super famous. And all these people attacked the Froyo place for promoting diet culture because they had a sugar-free Froyo. I mean, that's just, that's disappointing. <laughs> There's, it's stupid. You can have things that are sugar-free and not even low-calorie. Yeah. Sugar-free doesn't mean carb-free. Sugar-free doesn't mean fat-free. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's, uh, I mean, but I, I don't know. I guess, yeah, business is a different thing than a person, but uh, what are what are you holding people accountable for? It's like, it's, it's, just, it's the entitlement of some of these influencers and celebrities to think the entire world revolves around them, that you can go on a wine tour and be mad that it was a wine tour, basically, <laughs> or to walk into a Frodo <laughs> place and be mad that they have a flavor that you don't like. What? Also, does Tana not own or is involved with a wine company? Who even knows? She has her hands on a lot of shit. I believe I heard that. I'll put it in the sources if I can find it. I think I heard that on one of the commentary videos. But uh, I'm not sure why you wouldn't just... Yeah, they were all making fun of... Like, her friend was like, why would you go on a tour that would be educational? <laughs> like, I don't... Oh, yeah, because the tour guide <laughs> asked them, was, do you want a fun yeah. wine tour? Do you want an educational wine tour? Which I would only go on a wine tour because I wanted to learn about something. If I want to have fun, I'll just go to a bar. <laughs> yeah. Or, you, yeah, I mean, or just go, like, just go drink. <laughs> exactly. Right. But, yeah, it just sounds like a lot of the a lot of the anger directed at the, the wine tour lady also just had to do with, like, I don't know. It felt kind of classist to me. Classist undertones. <laughs> I'll say that. Oh, classist overtones. Okay, classist. In my opinion. Fair felt if it had a, it was giving classes as someone who has owned a business that can be publicly reviewed my livelihood depended on good reviews on google like i had a whole brick and mortar thing for years that i don't know if everyone experienced this but like as a solo owner operator for a while before i started hiring staff i was always worried that I was going to step on someone's toes or say the wrong thing or someone would just be unhappy with me or just having a bad day and decide to just trash my business online. And luckily, like after like five years in business, I was like the top rated lash studio in the city that I was in. I had over a hundred reviews and they were all five star on Google and the only time I ever got a bad review for my business is when an employee wasn't great. And even then, like, I reached out to that client and I made it right and she deleted the review and then reviewed me personally well on Google. But, like, that was, oh. I panicked so bad getting a bad review. And it shouldn't matter that much, but those reviews live there forever. Yeah, and yeah. some people take online reviews really seriously when they're considering going somewhere or doing something some people specifically look for the bad reviews and decide whether or not they're going to patron a business based on what the bad reviews say which i think is kind of weird like my ex-boyfriend he only looked at the bad reviews i'm like well that's what some people just leave reviews some people only leave bad reviews <laughs> 
People like, do. I always, I always feel like I click in and I look at the top reviews and then I look at like one or two bad reviews, but I always kind of keep in mind that it's like probably reflecting, it's often reflecting more on the person unless it's like where the, most of the reviews are bad or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like some people only leave a review for the business if they have a bad experience. Yeah. I'm lucky because I run an Airbnb and so my reviews are only available to people if they have stayed at the Airbnb, which saved mm-hmm. me from a lot of the bad review shitstorm that happened in to us. Oh yeah, that was available to the trolls. Like your Airbnb, if they were able to review it, like it would have been absolutely trashed. Absolutely yeah, trashed. Which is which is very. Uh, it's just wrong, you know. And it happened to other people, obviously, and it happens to other people. Like in this situation. And then, you know, I do think you're right. It should be, it should be like verified. And I think that Yelp does a decent job. You can definitely, if your Yelp is getting attacked or whatever, you can definitely make moves to get false reviews down, but it has to do with like determining that it was uh, not telling a truth about the experience of the, of the whatever service or product that you're offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess sometimes if somebody cleverly enough reviews, that might be harder Sometimes that these trolls will just really be obvious though. So, <laughs> so there's that. More than half of the bad reviews on my book at, because of this situation are from people that never read it. They're just like reviewing yeah, exactly. me as a person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, God. Exactly. So, but there should be more, uh, there's not a lot of legal recourse, which can be very, very frustrating and I actually wanted to like return to also the question of being doxxed and what does that mean when we say it? Because I know we talked about it in the first season, but we did at some point when we were just starting up this podcast, um, one of the things that I made as just like a material for our community that we are building was this doxxed survival guide. And basically it's just like a PDF that is a good handy resource for if you get doxxed. And what does doxxed mean? I kind of lay it out. We laid it out in this document in addition to like steps to take if you've just been doxxed. But there's this quote from a blog of a lawyer named David Lindsay that I put in here that I want to really return to that just says, according to cyber crimes experts, the line between legal doxing and criminal doxing is actually quite clear. Any information obtained cannot be used for financial gain, nor can you use the information to impersonate someone And if you access the information through illegal means, you've committed a crime and all actions that follow are also crimes. Posting personal information obtained legally in and of itself is perfectly legal. So that can be so disappointing, ranging into kind of terrifying, because that leaves people in a situation of that means if your information was ever public in any way. So, for example... My name from my Facebook, which has never been associated with my TikTok, was of course dragged in and is used uh, all the time in like a in a manner to harass me, uh, and and that's to me it's I consider that doxing because it's intended to collect my information and then publish it and then use that to shame me or embarrass me or hurt me or hurt my income or my business. Um, And it, you know, it's a kind of like social engineering. And I think that that is all completely tied into that. But then you get to this question of like, okay, what do we do about it legally? Not much Mm -hmm. unless the person either obtained it illegally, 
like hacked into your system in order to get your name, which is not what happened, right? Like mostly if somebody's real name gets dragged into government name gets dragged into something, then that is because of course your government name is out there. You, (laughs) we've seen very wealthy people who were unable to completely scrub their identities from the internet, despite maybe Mm -hmm. wanting to. Um, Mm. very, you know, you really can't, Elon Musk got (laughs) or whatever, like you can't really scrub yourself. I mean, you can do, you can do a decent job, but then what is left to, to protect you if somebody's going to try to use this stuff against you, not like there's a big disparity there basically is what I'm saying. There's not a lot of recourse. And then you're just kind of left high and dry. Like, (sighs) what do you do? You know? Um, and that's part of why we put this like PDF together, but I just wanted to bring that, bring that up because I think a lot of times like a troll response to talking about this situation, like doxing as well, it's not technically legally doxing because, you know, she had a public business page and she had her name all across things and it was easy to find her and all that. And like, uh, to me, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a moot point. It's just not related to the question. Is it harmful? Yeah. It's easy to find her. What are you looking for her for? Why are you looking? You're harassing and harming someone. That is the problem. The problem is not whether it was technically legal and you hacked them or you just brought their information into a different platform. Are you tired of feeling unsafe online? Do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying, doxing, and other forms of online harassment? Then look no further than Doxed the Podcast. Visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. Yeah. It doesn't matter how easy their information is to find. Everyone's information is easy to find. It's the malicious intent behind lifting that information and using it in another place on another platform that that person didn't consent to. That's a problem. Exactly. Exactly. And it does not invalidate that it's a problem just because a lot of times people can't do something legally about it. Right. So, and I have no idea what she can do legally about it. Although probably the extent of that would be something like a cease and desist to get Tana to take down that part of the podcast, which she did. Uh, I haven't seen this woman speak out in like any kind of news publication yet. So I mean, I don't, I don't know if Tina took it out of the podcast episode due to the lady asking her to. Oh, yeah, she might have just to- wanted to take it out. Like, I don't, I don't know that it was that. But I'm just saying, like, what else would you do then if she did take it out? Uh, like, you have more of a case to maybe get restitution or something if she won't take it out, and you, you know, you're trying to send cease and desist, and she's not responding or she's laughing at the cease and desist. But like, she took but it also, out. So, like, like, you know, that's another thing, like with C&Ds, there's this big misconception that C&Ds are legal documents that have teeth behind them. No, it's a written warning that has nothing to do with a court, a judge, a lawyer, like 
you can write in CND and send it to anybody, but it's just a warning that means literally nothing unless you're willing to file something in court. You can handwrite a CND and send it to someone. It doesn't mean shit unless you're willing to sue that person and obtain a lawyer, go to court, file something, have a court date, go to a hearing, pay for all of that. Also, when you're dealing with a YouTuber that's a millionaire, like, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to sue them? Probably not. You can send them a C&D, but they can also wipe their ass with it unless you're willing to, like, back up with your, what you're saying in court. And it's expensive to do that. Well, yeah. And again, at this point, like, she took it out of the pocket. Whatever the reason, it's not even in there anymore. But, yeah. you know, but the, the damage, damage is done. done. Say again? Da- we said at the same time, the damage is done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the damage is done. Like I, I found her name easily. I, I did not have to, I bet it was three, four clicks total to find her mm-hmm. Facebook, to find her uh, wine page because it was in a news article that was reporting on this and just gave her name and a link to it all. Like it's all there anyway, you know, and at least good. Yeah. Now the narrative is turning and a lot of people are now commentating on Tana and kind of setting the record straight. So maybe if she wants in terms of like the social response to this, if it's affecting her business in some way, <laughs> my cat just walked across the room do your cats do your cats ever um hold their toys in their mouth like they caught something and <laughs> yeah you just yeah. Hold them, like, i have one of those ball. like wand feather things yes and they'll hold on to the feather piece and like drag the whole wand behind them exactly. across the floor mine did that too i had to take the stick off because he was like sounding like a like a ghoul in the middle of the night and i have yes <laughs> and he was like dragging his stick down the stairs um anyway sorry distracted by my cat at all times um yeah people are commentating now uh on her and kind of sending the record straight so this so Socially, that's kind of nice when people do respond and kind of speak up about how maybe the story wasn't right in the first place, because then if she has somebody that comes to her business and is like, hey, why did I hear some horrible thing? At least she can kind of point to somebody else that has, you know, maybe, I don't know, equal social, whatever, some level of like big equal social clout and can say, look, like, here's the real story or here's my side or something. Uh, And, and that makes, I think that makes it a little bit easier if people care enough, but usually in I don't know. Usually it's kind of stark and surprising how much these online spaces don't intersect with real life, actually. Like, I I bet that she probably had a crazy week and then I bet that she's probably going to move on with her life and it'll be okay. It's still not okay what Tana did at all. Mm -hmm. Have some tact and responsibility. But, uh, you know, like, it's surprising how much it it might actually not affect you if you just kind of, like, don't make it a part of your like consciousness i don't know i I don't know it's hard to not make it a part of your consciousness when it's a like a huge tsunami of people that hear one side of something and immediately like feverishly start searching you up and searching up your business and where can i leave 10 reviews i mean that's scary but all it took like watching adam mcintyre's um watch through of that part of the podcast yeah he really went to the woman's like wine tour website and her itinerary it's the same itinerary for every wine tour it's one itinerary and you can see where all the stops are 
from this time to this time, we do this. And from this time to this time, we do that. And Tana was like, we spent eight hours doing this one thing. And we spent, we had to walk seven miles doing the, and it was like, absolutely not true. It's verifiable. If only, you know, Tana's followers that immediately attacked this woman, if they scrubbed two brain cells together to just do a little bit of due diligence, just a little bit, as they're looking up this woman's business, bypassing all the information that's right there, they could have seen, like, mm, this doesn't really add up to what Tana's saying. Like, it's it's not, it didn't take a huge amount of effort to just read the website versus just go to the place where you can review it, you know? Yeah, damn. Fact check by Adam McIntyre. Not what you want. Uh- no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's really sad. It's hard to be a small business owner and then you get, let's say you get like a big influencer celebrity to come to your business and then they like, they destroy it to go from the excitement of like, oh, this celebrity person's here and like, this is my chance to really wow them and business on the map. And it could have, and it's sad because yeah, she had reviewed it positively, then she could have gotten a big boon to her business too. And I mean, it is devastating. And it, and also like, especially when it affects your bottom line, Jesus, like that's scary. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, people have every right to experience an effect on their mental health. Um, I just think it also, it also feels like the entire world is, and then all these people are so shallow and they don't care about mm-hmm. you either way. And so they spend their five seconds doing their crappy review or whatever, uh, and I guess, you know, and if the record isn't set straight and somebody isn't allowed to speak out or like have their side of the story kind of out there and available, there's also definitely a chance people can just like start to upset, like, like people that people that are sick can start to fixate and mm-hmm. that can be bad. But like in a situation like this, where then everybody kind of speaks up in reaction and is like, no, Tana, that was disgusting. And she went too far. Uh, I think that allows it to kind of pass. Like it's a terrifying tsunami of a thing. And I do think that in some cases, yeah, when you lose a lot of income, especially or when you went or when you're, or when you're harmed, if somebody comes after you, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's very serious then. But Or you're dealing with the threat of someone coming after you. Yeah. I mean, threats are really, they mess with your mind. They mess mm-hmm. with your mind and people, people, people make them so flippantly. They really do. And they can stay in your mind for the rest of your life, <laughs> you know? Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of these people are so much more aggressive and violent under the anonymity. They And, and that's what makes them act so brave. They would not come and not, and not like a guarantee that you're not going to get hurt. People get hurt from these kind of things, but like, it's, but you have, you have, they're not coming after you because they're, they're cowards and they're also very shallow and they, and they also need a rush and they're projecting their kind of need of a rush. And so if they don't get one from a situation, it dries up for them and they move on. And then you kind of uh, are unless like, you, after unless you confront them. And they'll they'll always be the ones to say, "Oh, nobody cares. Nobody cares about oh, you. Absolutely. Nobody cares about you." Like your number one stalkers are going to be the ones to tell you to your face, "I don't even care about you." Nobody <laughs> stalks you. You're not special enough to be stalked, <laughs> right? Okay. 
okay okay while also showing like the actual proof of you being stalked on their green screen oh well um yeah. oh well and then also just like again the, the comment boundaries anyway that's a whole other like you if you were in my comment section you were the one being harassed that's just how it works it's literally how it works how it works but anyway 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 i just think that it's like it, it just really struck me that tana was talking about having a stalker because that you have to understand how big of a deal it is then when you're afraid of people coming after you and and then just to be so like mad and hatefully saying this name like you knew what you were doing why well she's also again one of the most problematic people on youtube and has been for a long time she's no stranger to backlash and being canceled to the point where her podcast is yeah her podcast is titled so she probably doesn't like it being canceled doesn't phase her getting backlash doesn't really phase her because she recovers from it really quick she's still a millionaire still gets brand deals it doesn't matter so maybe she has no concept of like oh if this person has a bad month their business is done they could lose their home they'll go into debt like maybe she's so lost in the sauce of being rich that she just can't like think about anybody else outside of herself Maybe. Well, I just, so I had read, I thought I had read and I was right that she, there was an article that she got dropped by a sponsor, but I just clicked in and I didn't even realize she said, she said that she, I think that I heard her say this, but didn't like, didn't quite make the connection because I was listening in the full podcast and it must've been like mostly clipped out or something. She said that she wanted the wine expert dead. (laughs) What? And is that really what it's what it said? I'm on something called Dexter2.com. Who knows? But that's the top Google result. Um, yeah, but there's NBC News says it too. So yeah. Um, a famous YouTuber is under fire for sharing her negative experience at a wine tour, but the tour guide says she wasn't telling the full truth. Um, and I think it was in DMs. Like, I think they went back and forth. Hold on, I'm just scrolling. I'm just reading through really quick. Because I thought that I heard her say that, but I was confused about whether she was saying that about somebody else or not because of the way that the the episode was cut. Um, But, oh, I guess that this must have been a part that got cut out that they didn't... But anyway, so the article said... This is NBC News. It says, uh, Monjo then started yelling on the podcast, we paid you and I don't want to learn about fertilization of grass in the middle of France in a town with a population of 300 at 8.40 a.m., after I've just walked a mile and a half and there's yet to be a glass of wine in my hand, Mojo also repeatedly expressed wanting to physically fight, curb stomp, and even kill the tour guide. I literally, I absolutely want her dead at the hands of me, Mojo said during the episode. When Mojo oh read an advertisement for one of the podcast sponsors, the language learning platform Babel, Babel, she included the line, and with Babel, I could have told Cynthia, the wine tour lady, to shut the F up about her native language, or in her native language. So anyway, um, the, yeah, I, I thought that she did, I, I thought that I knew that, but then I was confused. So anyway, that's that we buried the lead a little bit there. That's pretty awful, Tana. Um, you really shouldn't say that. Sorry. I said all that because you didn't want to walk hungover. I remember this from the podcast, but I, but again, like they clipped it. So I was confused, but she said to her friend, 
that she has a problem with when she gets angry, she will often tell people that she wants them to die. And even her friend kind of just calls it out and is like, yeah, that's not like, I forget exactly what she says, but she's like, that's not the best thing to do. Like, we know that that's not quite right. (laughs) But she like said it in anger. And, um, you know, like, is Tana Mojo going to then come to your house and curb stomp you? Actually, probably not. If she does, you could definitely... You could definitely do something about that with the law, but it's just kind of like, that's still very violent to say to people. And then there's just kind of no legal recourse because of a lot of reasons, uh, because it just doesn't meet the threshold. Does that mean it's not scary and upsetting? Really upsetting? I would be very upset to be told something like that. You're a wine tour lady in France in your I mean, we were told something. We were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, Yeah. No, I'm just dissociating all about that, about our situation right now. This all, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, like it is scary. And then you're like, oh my god, what do I do? And then you, no, 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 you just go live your life still while somebody tells you they want you to be dead all the time. It's, just, it's not the best. It's not the best. It's irresponsible on the part of the, on the part of the creators that are that are weaponizing their platforms. You're weaponizing your platform and your toxic following. And once again, when you're a toxic person at the head of a large platform, you're following, the dynamic of the following is going to be like a mirror mm-hmm. reflection of you. And it says a lot about people when they send their followings to leave bad reviews on websites like that. And, uh, you know, and then you can take a look at like, what it, what are you holding people accountable for? You can arguably agree with the 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 you know the means to the end argument for some platforms but like when the when the judge is just this mass of people mm-hmm. uh, what are you what is the accountability for yeah. what is the responsibility to like to meet some kind of a threshold of needing to do accountability and then yet like the law doesn't take care of it there's kind of it's just this like two twofold like there's nothing that meets in the middle in a way that actually it is workable the whole thing is really dangerous so i don't know the internet is not safe no not safe i mean i do think like more private spaces on the internet can be safer or more intentionally built circles and communities can be safer but no <laughs> this entire influencer game is kind of a dangerous game it's, it's not a gross game honestly no, it's super gr- i mean everything is gross you know what i think it really just comes back to like capitalism colonization white supremacy everything it makes it everything in the whole it just gets so gross because of all of that and like it's no different but, but you're but but it's that da- it's bedazzling it's like um it's like a very enticing kind of a fantasy to be an influencer and live an influencer life and be an aspirational content creator. Mm -hmm. And also some businesses kind of have to do it or are positioned where that's, you know, what they're doing for their business and it's for some other good, but, but uh, it's so dangerous and so many people get so much, power without having any idea how it works or what to do with it or how to be responsible for it and or don't care like people like how you're describing tana and i think a lot of people like you can't really be canceled if your audience doesn't you know it doesn't feel betrayed that's the big thing so 
if she has already built this audience that doesn't care if she says problematic shit and does problematic shit and will still go you know it, it was fun she did get pretty ratioed in that in that podcast comments but if your audience doesn't feel betrayed you're not going anywhere right you're going right back you're still just a problem you're a social terror and it doesn't <laughs> nothing to do about it except for you know try to people try to use their voices but well, I am not a fan of Tana. Not a fan. At all. Especially after this. Well, especially after the N-word several times. Yeah, that's that's a bad one. That's a no. The entire I don't really understand that entire culture from of YouTube, but like they all were doing blackface and, and hard R N-word nonsense. And I don't understand in what universe someone thought it was the time. Like where where did that culture come from and why why like why was it a whole era era why was it a whole era and why did they look back on it like it was like different time it wasn't the Cretaceous period it, it was, was literally different time though. it truly was not a different time like it was just that YouTube you really could get pushed in the the thing that was different about it was YouTube was more likely to push alt right crap in the algorithm. That was the difference. Ugh, gross. It is gross. Well, if you own a business, don't um, don't sell to influencers. It just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> or vet the influencers, maybe. I don't know. It's a dangerous game that these influencer people are playing for content. Like, they will literally run you over with a bus for some content, for something to talk about. Yeah, I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I struggle to identify with Tana's audience too, because that podcast is just so, like people call our podcast boring and my, I'm like, then don't listen. But also like, I find her podcast, honestly, no, no offense. I don't know, offense. Um, I find it kind of boring. Like what, like they just, there's not any insight. It's just sort of like, I mean, I guess you said she's, she gets famous for telling stories and people like to just feel like they have kind of a friend, but that felt like two friends that talk about each other behind their backs all the time or something. Like, I guess she was the one friend, she was kind of oh, telling her to her face a lot that she was shitty, but like, <laughs> I don't point, get it. Those two women were not friends. Like they were enemies at some point. So you're it right. Like <laughs> it felt like they were either enemies or going to be enemies at some point in the future. And I guess that's like a whole, people like drama, people like drama and that's okay. But it's just not, uh, what else is there? Like, what else is that content? To me, I don't get it. And it doesn't mean it can't exist, but it's just, I don't identify with caring about these stories, you know? Yeah, I think some people get some kind of kick out of living vicariously through her because she just kind of moves through life without a care in the world. And she's wealthy and she parties a lot and she's like conventionally attractive. And people, especially the younger people, kind of want to just live that lifestyle that she lives. So maybe it's appealing to hear about it in podcast form, especially if you're a longtime fan of Tana, because she's been around for a minute. She's been around for a long time. That makes sense. Well, I don't know. Best wishes to this wine lady. She seems pretty cool from all of her entire, like, all of her, all everything I've seen of her kind of public facing persona 
I hope that business mm-hmm. thrives. <laughs> yeah. From what I've heard, the way she educates people that go on the wine tour about women-owned wineries, that's like 10 out of 10. That's already, that alone is cool to me. But that's her focus. Yeah. Yeah. And the world is just, the world is cruel. People should just let people do what they love to do if it's not hurting people. That's just, that's just what you should do. You know, the world can be pretty casually everyday cruel and it's weird. I don't like it. No, except for sometimes it's okay and good things happen, such as Donald Trump got uh, in, he did not, I guess he didn't go to jail today, but he like, he booked himself into a, he surrendered at Fulton County Jail. Uh, and then he will be going to prison. So sometimes good things happen in the world. I will not believe it until I see him in an orange jumpsuit and a prison cafeteria. I will not believe it until I see it. Well, we've been, I've personally been patient about this since like 2015. So I think we can wait another. I know. But it does feel like, you, you know, Sometimes you don't think there's ever going to be justice. And then sometimes there's a little bone, (laughs) a little justice bone. Also, speaking of a justice bone, uh, Johnny Silvestri episode from last week, 700 views in the first day. That's wild. I'm pretty excited about it. I think I'm, I'm very proud of us. We're growing for sure. And we have, uh, checking. We have a hundred story. We have 107 subscribers on YouTube. So, yeah, so I am just so proud of us. And I just wanted to take a moment to say also thank you to everybody that has been listening and supporting, especially the people that have been listening and supporting from the beginning. But uh, as more people tune in, thank you for being here. And this is so cool and exciting to be able to, I don't know, like, like, it's it's been a relatively very short time since we started this but we have a lot of content out and i'm just so proud of all of it and i'm proud of us and i'm proud that we're growing and i'm so excited for what's next for this project because i i love that we have put this out into the world i think it's such a good thing and uh i just wanted to tell you that news because i was excited about it thank you for listening Find additional content at doxtthepodcast.com.